Our reading for this Pentecost Sunday comes from the book of Acts, chapter 2, and we'll read verses 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Pentecost Sunday is the conclusion of our 50 days of Easter. And I imagine that it hasn't felt a whole lot like Easter this year for a lot of people. It hasn't felt a lot like resurrection in our midst. But I also think that this Pentecost Sunday might, in fact, really feel like Pentecost in a lot of ways, and not only for the opening of the Spirit, but for the fact that the story has something to say about waiting. And we, uh, lately, I believe, do know something about waiting. Now, to pick up here in the book of Acts is to remember that Acts is the second half of the story that Luke is telling. Luke writes the gospel and tells us the story of Jesus. Then Luke writes the book of the Acts of the Apostles to tell us about the people who are his disciples receiving the Spirit and then going out into all the world. Two parts of the same story with the focal point here of Jerusalem. And so you will remember that prior to his ascension, Jesus has been uh, crucified, resurrected, he appeared to his disciples, and during this time, while he was on earth, he said a number of things to them, but one of them was, you are to wait here in Jerusalem to receive the promise of the Father, to receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus tells these disciples before he ascends that they are to wait. Now, listen, you and I, we do not like to wait. Waiting is not one of the best features of our contemporary society. We want everything instantaneously. We want it now, and we'll go on to something else if we can't get it now. We, we want to eat what we want to eat when we want to eat it. We want to buy what we want to buy when we want to buy it. We want to go where we want to go when we want to go. We have Amazon that we can find the strangest, oddest thing ever invented in all of human history and have it delivered tomorrow. Because we need it, of course, and we want it now. We are not 
people who are good at waiting. I think every generation prior to ours has been pretty good at waiting because they didn't have this sort of instant access and instantaneous life that we seem to demand these days. Jesus tells them to wait. And the fact that they do wait, and if you look at the story, there are actually more than just his immediate apostles. There are the women who traveled with him. Acts will tell us there are 120 believers who are waiting in Jerusalem for what Jesus has promised. 120 of them. I don't think they're all staying together in the upper room, but they're all gathering together for prayer. They're gathering together to eat. They're gathering together to remember Jesus. They're gathering together to talk about this this Holy Spirit that will come upon them, which is not really anything that they would understand very well. I mean, after all, the only experience they probably have of the Holy Spirit descending is upon Jesus at his baptism when the Spirit descended like a dove very gently and a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved. That's probably what, what they've got in mind. But they wait. And you see, waiting at at its core, is about faith and obedience. Waiting for what God promises is about faith and obedience to Jesus, to this one that they continue to follow even though he has gone to be in heaven. Uh, It's like that old hymn. Now, I hear some of you have already started to sing it. Trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. At the heart of their waiting, at the heart of our waiting, is this trust, this faith in Jesus in obedience to who he is and what he commands of us. And so here are these disciples gathered, waiting, praying. We don't know for how long. It could be days. It could be weeks. It could be months that they continue to wait for what Jesus has said, that they believe so much in Jesus, that they will continue to wait. And then, on this Pentecost Sunday, it's actually 50 days, Pentecost Sunday, they are gathered together, doing what they do best, praying, worshiping, eating together, staying together, And suddenly comes this loud sound like the rush of a wind. Filling this entire house. And then comes the sight, the image of these flames landing upon each person. Perhaps hundred different people. Now, it's not an actual fire because they'd all burn up. 
But they see these flames resting upon each faithful person. And then they begin to speak in other languages. They begin to speak in every language of the ancient world. And those who are outside, the Jews who have gathered, of course, Jerusalem is the center of the religious world. And there are Jews from every part of the world there, and they begin to hear these faithful followers of Jesus speaking in their own language. And some of them say, what is that? That's amazing. That must be the power of God. And others say, yeah, bunch of drunken fools. You know, I, I don't know about you, but I haven't been around very many drunk people in some years. Uh, but it seems to me that drunken people have problems even speaking their own language let alone suddenly breaking out in Parthian or Mesopotamian. So in any case, you know, these are the ways that people respond. They either see the power of God or they'll come up with any old excuse why it doesn't mean a thing. And as soon as this happens, there can be little doubt that all of the people in the room who began to speak these other languages, as well as all the people there around them in Jerusalem who heard it, and the word no doubt began to spread, they must have started asking, what just happened? What just happened here? And I think for you and I, there are at least uh, three ways that we might answer that question today about what just happened on Pentecost Sunday. And the first thing that I want to point us to is that these people were surprised by God. These people did not know exactly what Jesus had promised them or what the outpouring of the Spirit might be, but I guarantee you the last thing that any of them had in mind was, oh, and suddenly we'll start to speak other languages. I somehow don't think, Pastor Brian, that that's what they had in mind. They might have thought a dove descending. They, they might have thought, uh, you know, a, a wind or whatever that, that they heard, but they would never have thought, and it's going to make us speak in other tongues. You see, when we open ourselves, when we're willing to wait on God, God will surprise us in amazing ways and do things that you and I are not expecting, anticipating, or planning for. That's the power of God. That's the power of the Holy Spirit to do things we do not expect for the good of the world and for the sake of Jesus Christ. And here's the thing. We should always, all of us, be asking ourselves, am I waiting for what I want? Or am I open to what the Spirit might do? To me, that's always a test of trusting and obeying Jesus, is whether we can say, 
I am open enough, whatever God does, wherever God sends, however God makes it happen, I am open to that. On the other hand, we can be like the scoffers who say, ah, drunken fools and go on. God will always surprise us and stir up our lives if we can wait and trust and obey and be open to the movement and the leading of the Spirit in our lives. Now, I think there's another way to answer the question of what just happened. In this passage, we get two powerful images. Wind and fire. Wind and fire. Now, neither of those is actually there, right? It's the sound of wind and the vision of fire, but there's something important about the fact that it's wind and fire because these are images throughout the Bible of the presence and the power of God. I mean, think about a pillar of fire. That's God. Think about the burning bush. That's God. Fire is saying, God is present. This is God among you. And of course, wind and breath, did you know that both the Hebrew word, ruach, and the Greek word, pneuma, for wind is the same word for breath. There was a sound of a big breath in that, in that room. It doesn't sound as dramatic to say somebody's big breath was going through the room. But it was a big breath from God. And it is God who gives the breath of life. Jesus breathes on the disciples. Breath and fire are essential to human life. Which is why right now when you think about COVID-19, you can't breathe. And right now if you look at all of these terrible instances of George Floyd, of Atatiana Jefferson, of Ahmaud Aubrey, and they can't breathe. There is something that is not of God when the breath of life is being taken or being squelched, and we have to pay attention to that. Now, I do want to say that I do not support the way the protests in Oklahoma City turned violent yesterday. I think attacking the police station is not the way of Christ and not the way of love uh, because I, I am reminded that Oklahoma is one of the few states where bad cops have actually been prosecuted and convicted. In Tulsa, in Oklahoma City, you can't say all police are bad and, and part of the problem. But we do have to pay attention to what in the world is happening with the taking of life 
when God's message and God's message at Pentecost and every day is the giving of life in that abundance, the breathing of the breath of God into the human being and the giving of passion to love and to do the work of Christ. Wind and fire should remind us the presence and the power of God in our lives and in our world and how we must seek that truth of God. What just happened? God said, I am life. Spread that life. And then there is a third thing that I think we can see when we ask this question of what just happened happened. You know, Pentecost is known not only as this giving of the Holy Spirit, but also as the day that we recognize the birth of the church. And I imagine when I say church, most of you think this building and the people in it or think about the denomination, or have these images that are associated with human kinds of structures. But if Pentecost is the birth of the church, it's a very weird church. Because think about it. The place that they are in is not a church and will never be. Once they receive the Holy Spirit, they're leaving it and never going back to it. You see, in Greek, church, ecclesia, is not about a building and a place. It's about the people who are called out of the world to be followers of Christ and to do the mission of God in the world. So Pentecost is this wonderful empowerment by the Holy Spirit that bonds all of the people together as God's people and then sends them out into the world to do God's work doesn't say, okay, now build an altar. Now make sure there are bathrooms in there. It doesn't say any of that. It's about the people being the church. It's about the people doing God's work. It's about the people doing the mission of God in the world being sent on behalf of Christ to all the world. And what's very interesting here about Pentecost is this idea that they all speak in these other tongues as if to say the closed system is now broken open by the power of the Spirit and the gospel of Christ is to go out to all of the world. It doesn't matter what nation. It doesn't matter what tongue. It doesn't matter what, what race. It doesn't matter what socioeconomic group. It doesn't matter who you are in any way. The gospel has now been poured out for everyone. Everyone everywhere in the world. That is the heart of the church. It's not a place. The fact that we can't be in this place right now because of a virus doesn't make us any less the church. In fact, 
those passages that say wherever two or three are gathered, I don't think that the emphasis there is on the gathered. The emphasis there is in Jesus' name. Because it is only by the power of the Holy Spirit poured out at Pentecost that we can be gathered, that we can be the church, that we can be the people of God doing God's work in the world in Jesus' name. We are his people. We are to do his life-giving, healing work in the world. We are to take Christ to every corner of existence because it's a world that is filled with hatred and hurt and suffering. And it is the power of Jesus and the Holy Spirit that can break all of that open. What just happened. What happened was God changing the world through each of us who claim Jesus Christ receive the Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.